0: Hey Auntie is recorded in Melbourne, Australia. We acknowledge that this is the land of the Wurundjeri people of the Cullen Nation. We pay our respect to their elders, past, present and emerging. And we extend that respect to all Indigenous Australians and Indigenous mob all over the world. This always was and always will be Aboriginal land. There you are i've been expecting you i've just popped the kettle on come on in hi and welcome to hey auntie i'm chantelle weatherall and it's my absolute pleasure to have you join me hey sis come on in take a seat and make yourself comfy with hey auntie we're going to remix the proud tradition of the black auntie and we're going to use it to demonstrate that there's millions of ways to be a magical black woman. Sounds good? Hey Aunty, hey Aunty, hey Aunty, hey Aunty, hey Aunty, hey Auntie. So hey Auntie. how do you deal with a dickhead? Look, it's a question that I am genuinely looking for answers on. I don't know about you but when i go to music festivals or bars and sports events i look around and sometimes i see these posters up that uh, hopefully declare this is a dickhead free zone or we have a no dickhead policy but if that was true unfortunately there's always those people who will always push things a little bit too far in uh, the name of having a laugh, or so they claim. So the dickhead might be the drunk guy who's trying to pick you up, he might be your taxi driver, it might be your uh, friend's new partner, or if you're really unlucky, might be a colleague. The common thread is that these so-called harmless comedians zero in on anybody who's different. And they'll resort to racist tactics in their desperate, by any means necessary, bids for attention. So if you're listening to this, it's quite likely that you have to deal with more than your fair share of dickheads. So what do you do? Do you bear the burden and keep your mouth shut? Or do you speak up and know that you're probably in it on your own? It's a dilemma for sure, and so I was so happy to compare notes. And hash out stories with Angelina Hurley. Angelina is the co host of the amazing and unmissable radio show and podcast, Wild Black Women. She co hosts that with uh, Dr. Chelsea Bond, and that show is on Brisbane 98.9 FM or on their website. I absolutely love chatting with Angelina. Angelina is doing a doctorate of creative arts and working on a pilot for her first uh, comedy show. Look, I guess the good thing about dickheads is they do make good material. Angelina shared details of dealing with dickheads, male and even a lesser spotted female one. She talked about the hurtful racial snipes that can come out of these characters, and the minefield that you have to deal with when you're navigating these interactions and the double quadruple binds that we find ourselves in as women, black women and Aboriginal women. How does she do it? What's worked for her and what hasn't? And what do we reckon would really happen if a black woman was caught legless drunk and humping a wheelie bin? This topic was one of the first topics that I thought of when I thought of doing a podcast about being a black woman in Australia.
1: <laughs> <laughs> it's so
0: hilarious. I was like, that's so up our alley. <laughs> right? Because yes. It's so funny because it really uh, divides opinion. People, some people are like, uh, firstly, people are like, oh, you're making a podcast. You know, I like the following American podcasts. And I was like, yeah, I love them too. But there are unique things about our experience as women here, um, yes, which I think do bear uh, bear speaking about, bear a little bit of reflection on. And Absolutely. I, I, um, that weekend I was in Sydney for Audio Craft. Um, I had my afro out. Uh huh. And um I had an experience which made this come to mind completely for me of being on a bus um, <laughs> and a bunch of lads. It's so often the setting is a bus or other public transport. <laughs> uh-huh. Really? Yes. For for a run-in with a dickhead. And um, <laughs> there were these lads behind me. And really in their minds, they were being enthusiastic about liking my hair. But what they were actually doing for me was just talking about me and about my hair and what it feels like and how much they would like to touch my hair for the entire bus journey to the extent that I was, you know, strategizing of, you know, do I duck and roll? Do I try and go for a quick jab to the eyes first? <laughs> <laughs>
1: <laughs> I was oh like oh my god
0: <laughs> unbelievable I was, I was like you know they're not they're not bad kids cuz they're about 16 but that's oh. the head behavior Yes
1: yeah boys it seems to yeah genetically just attach themselves to boys more than girls I think,
0: <laughs> think <so> to <laughs> I think so too. A few people have said to me, let's be clear, men have said to me, oh, but why are you always saying it saying as if it's always men? And I'm like, come on, mate.
1: No, well, it's a proven fact that they mature way slower than women, so that's a factor. Very true. <laughs> yes. So if you think you've met a mature man, you've pro- around 20, 25, you've probably met a 16-year-old. <laughs> It's, so it's very rare it's like they have their moments but you know and oh recently oh we were talking about it our pre-radio setup because we have our pre so we get all the swearing and the bad language out before we go on air oh my so god i love that now you should see how pre <laughs> set up. So, so we debrief <laughs> about stories but we were talking about um, so not so long ago, men being acting idiots, it was football, surprise, surprise, mm. and um, one guy, we were like, why, why, what the hell? And one guy actually said to us, he goes, well, men just, they have packed mentality when they get together. They just turn into morons so and they boring. just feed off each other like, you know, piranhas and <laughs> They just, yeah, he goes, it just happens to them. He doesn't know, he has chemical imbalance on it. No, they just do it when they get together and they'll back each other up.
0: That's you know? it. That's it. Yeah. Exactly. They, yeah. They back each other up. And I think women just don't have the leeway to act mm-hmm. like that and be mm-hmm. accepted still in a group they are so busy performing for each other that they forget that there's other human beings around as well (laughs) yes yeah yeah
1: that's exactly it it's just about them and their own little egos or their own acceptance in their groups you know and people can palm it off as this teenage stuff that happens you know, and it happens to girls too because you have to be accepted in the group stuff. But men never, I don't know, am I being completely sexist when I try to, when I kind of think that it doesn't leave them at any I, stage? And, like, there's even men that I know, you know, like, I, I'm an auntie now. I'm Everyone's starting to call me auntie. I'm old. But I have men my age who talk about, you know, not wanting to grow up. Let's just say stupid forever. And I'm like, oh, my God. You know, that's why I'm single and that's why you are all single because no <laughs> woman of any mature age is going to put up with that.
0: What a goal to have too. Yeah, what a goal. Like that's it. That's all you've got. I'm just going to stay young and stupid. Yeah. I I love people who are youthful. You know, I was talking to people about this and they were saying, oh, what's the difference between someone who's youthful and Someone who's maybe just trying to be funny and not funny in a dickhead. And I didn't know, what do you think? Do you have a story that you think, yeah, that typifies dickhead behaviour to me?
1: um Oh God, where do you start? There's so many examples. <laughs> like, um, it, you can see dickhead from politicians if you're watching the news. Like, Pauline Hanson is a permanent dickhead. Um, um, <laughs> in her behaviour, wearing burqas in Parliament. All of those stunt things, I think, are dickhead behaviour. It's the stunts. It's the That's stunts. The yeah, you can't take them seriously, uh, you know. And and with men, I don't know. Um, I, had, I was out at a – I sort of brought to mind this experience that I had with a girlfriend who were out at a pub once And as women do, they sit around talking about how come you can't meet a decent guy and only all that she actually said that phrase, only all the dickheads approach me all the time. And so we were sitting there and while we were having this conversation, men were coming up to our table and trying to talk to us. And I was watching the, um, you know, this stuff play out and she's going... (laughs) They were all dickheads. (laughs) And, you know, it was a pub, given, you know, alcohol added to the whole atmosphere of the stuff, you know, but not everyone who drinks is a complete dickhead. But um, the thing was that she was talking to them. Uh... She was engaging them. And, you know, because she said, I said, you know what, you just keep, they keep coming up because you keep talking to them. I said, but you're complaining about a behaviour that you're encouraging. Don't enable it. So, and I'm very black and white when it comes to these things. <laughs> I, say so. I said, well, the next one that comes up, and if he's an idiot, can, can I just take over from here? Can we not engage <laughs> in conversation? And one came up swaying towards us. And I'm oh, like, geez. oh, here we go. This is not a keeper um, already because <laughs> that doesn't impress women. I don't care what they think. Um, and just said some gibberish it didn't even come out as english he was so pissed he was like how are you girls? Oh. and i was just like can you just go away now go away goodbye <laughs> see you later and he goes I, I said we don't want you to say anything see ya and she went oh my god you're so mean and i said well do you want to go out with him seriously she goes oh no thanks for getting rid of him and i'm like dickhead <laughs> but you've got it actually be able to identify it and he was pretty easily identifiable
0: (laughs) look I wish it was all that easy though I wish all the dickheads were swaying I really (laughs) wish because that is such a great example and it's hilarious that she's literally bemoaning the fact that she's only accosted by dickheads while being accosted (laughs) by dickheads but also being in the classic trap that we're in as women of feeling this societal pressure to not look like a a mean woman exactly and then feeling like I, I get that trapped feeling when I know. them because you kind of if they were fully being aggressive or you know looking like abusers or gonna assault you you'd feel like you could push back and people mm. would back you up and it would be clean yeah. cut she defended herself all good but I feel like the thing with the the classic dickhead is that What they're doing is something that they've gotten away with so many times before.
1: Well, that's it. I've even seen scenarios where, um, you know, women have defended themselves quite justifiably and it turns into a violent thing as in, you know, automatically she's gone from someone who's who's attractive and attainable to try to pick up to an immediate slut. Very true. like horrific negative stuff that immediately gets projected onto these women because they don't think some drunken man, she doesn't want some drunken idiot slobbering all over her. Like that's acceptable and I've never, I have to actually rack my brain to think when anyone has backed up those situations and, and put these men in their place, it's very rare.
0: That's such a good point because I feel like as soon as you're in a situation where you're like, Oh God, here's i've got a dickhead on my hands now yeah the the burden is on you Mm. it's on your own you're on your own you've got to either put up with it and frankly the more you put up with it the more encouraged they become yes or you've got to go it alone and try and find like I end up in this like stupid like English thing where I'm like almost apologizing to the dickhead for not wanting to talk to them Um, (laughs) because partly because I'm trying to be nice but partly because there is always that little edge of fear that they could turn violent on you well that's exactly right that's what it is isn't it you know
1: women have to actually exist in that space of you know, fear all the time of what the repercussions will be, you know. And there's like, and, you know, you can hear, the, I can already hear the men's voices going, oh, I know a lot of violent women who just argue and carry on. It,
0: yeah, <laughs> it's not the same. I think that you're spot on. I think that, frankly, the reason why I feel like I run into more dickhead behaviour from men than women is because, Maybe men don't apprehend uh, physical violence if they do act out because yeah. they you know they're not the ones who are like, "Oh, hang on a minute, am I safe
1: yeah, and it's also a game to them i i I had a conversation I remember Taking me back to a conversation I had many years ago with a guy who actually said, I pulled him aside because he's actually quite, he was really, he's a friend of mine. He was a really immature, um, sorry, not immature, really mature, nice, intelligent guy and, you know, really passive about things he gets, but he goes for us, he goes, it's also a competition. It's a game. So they don't take it seriously. It's like, oh, mm-hmm. how many girls can I crack to tonight? So, you know, that that's just dickhead in itself, isn't it? <laughs> totally you and know when they expect you then they get up uh, the irony is then they get upset when you treat
0: them like one totally you're not allowed to you're not allowed to you've yeah. got to go along with it it's so yeah. funny that you mention it's a game because I was reflecting on some experiences I've had of dealing with dickheads and I remember really clearly a really difficult experience I had of a friend's boyfriend who was just and I hope he's reformed now, but I'm going to just say probably still uh-huh. in a right <laughs> head. And he did a number of things to her and to other people in her community um, when they were first courting that were red flags to me. Yes, but right. she was falling in love with him. And as a good friend, you kind of just, and also because you know she's not going to listen, you kind of, you know, you have the chat, but then you go along with it. And I remember once I was supposed to be going to meet them somewhere and I cancelled and frankly, reflecting on it now, I think my soul was really like, please, Jesus, why am I going here to meet with this guy? Um, (laughs) And he took her phone and he sent a message back about me cancelling, which he couched in jokey terms, but then he used a really offensive racial slur towards me. Oh, my God. And he was like, you jigaboo," he goes. <gasps> I know, right? And wow. I was literally stunned. But not only was I stunned, I immediately a lot of realizations started stacking up for me the first one was that I'm on my own here mm. she's not going to back me up nobody else in our community's going to back me up because yeah he's a dickhead and he, he's already supported and celebrated in being that but also mm-hmm. um I feel like a lot of Aussies don't want to get involved in messy race stuff. And his immediately when I said, hey, you're out of line there was, oh, it's just, I didn't realize it was such a bad phrase. And I'm like, you're a 40 year old man, you know what I'm doing. And I I realized when I was thinking about it today that I do think he was a dickhead rather than a racist. And I think what was going on for him was he was excited about the opportunity of doing something that was really, really against the rules rather than about being racist. He wanted to be transgressive and that was more important to him, getting that little thrill than, Mm. than the impact it had on me or the fact that I was one of his girlfriend's close friends
1: yeah yeah (laughs) that's outrageous outrageous (laughs) I know that's just outrageous you reminded me of another story actually but like how often racism isn't, isn't isn't policed in this country you know people get away with it all the time and there's a lot of a lot of groups of people who will have the tokenistic black or person of color friend in their group but as long as you're acting or not pushing boundaries as far as having, you know, political conversations or, yeah, then, you know, you're okay. You're the okay black person friend in their group and they can deal with that, but there's no way on earth his friends or the group of people around him were going to call him on that because yeah. it's quite acceptable to be a racist in this country.
0: Yep. Yeah. Yeah. People would rather laugh it off than say, have an awkward conversation.
1: That's it. You can't even. That's, that's the. That's the thing that blows my mind. They can't even have a rational, mature conversation. It's automatically to them offensive.
0: Yeah. And because,
1: con- confronting.
0: Because frankly, in that situation, when I was like, really, like, no, I can't laugh this off. I can't give you a pass on this. Um, mm. I think the overall reaction of my group of friends was that I was being difficult. Oh
1: yeah, funny that <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, yeah The anus is back on you, it's all your fault You're being difficult because he Racially insulted you and- Right, and you said reminded,
0: reminded you of a story
1: Yeah, um, I actually Ended a 20 year friendship Over a similar thing Right, I haven't known this um, person For 20 years, a long time Friend, and she got a new boyfriend And so come out and meet And I'd met him and it was early stages and he seemed, you know, whatever normal is. Um, So I come out and you end up meeting the extended friend. So now we're meeting his friendship circle. And so we all went to a pub, went to dinner. And when we got to the table, she just lost any sense she just lost her mind, in my, in my opinion, of any loyalty or friendship to me whatsoever because she was so busy trying to impress him and his new friends. Right. When we got to the table, she introduced me. Hello, everyone. This is my um, friend Angelina. She's an abbo. <gasps> she introduced me to a table of people as an abbo.
0: Holy mackerel.
1: After knowing me for 20 years and knowing my family, wow. everything. Like, um, I just looked at her immediately, really? And then she laughed it off in front of everyone and everyone ignored it. Wow. And her boyfriend laughed. And so I didn't even sit down. I just looked at her and went, really? Really? And then just walked out. I immediately cut her off. I haven't spoken to her since. It was just immediately cut off. I said, I'm not even going to have this discussion and debrief and talk to you about any of this, why it's wrong. You don't even deserve my breath of air time anymore and i just yeah haven't seen a talk to her since that actual moment
0: i'm genuinely i I don't think i've exhaled since you said that because i'm so so stunned that that and i i really like your approach of not giving her air because i think that wow can i ask you I like that you brought that story up as a story of her acting like a dickhead and it feels like that to me because it's mm. distinct, isn't it? Because you know that she wasn't actually being malicious, but again, she was kind of performing.
1: Yeah, it was a performance. It, it And the thing that surprised me about it was that it came spontaneously, so like we, with no yeah. effort. So, yeah, so I'm just it, uh, thinking about it and sort of like deconstructing it later on and thinking... Then you go. Well, that's always in her.
0: Yeah, I can't trust you. So,
1: yeah, I can't trust you. If that came out so automatically, what do you really, really think about me and my culture? Yeah, wow. like. And now you've met a group of people who finally, you can totally be yourself around. So you're welcome to it.
0: <laughs> wow. Yeah, you're so right. It just yeah. Your and you're like, wow, that's been in there for twenty years. Yeah, really, that's what it made me feel
1: like. I was like, no, I don't have to put up with this. And I definitely don't need friends like you. <laughs> you most
0: certainly don't. I think it raises another really great point as well about dickhead behaviour, which is that people always say, oh, that's just blah, blah. They're just being a dickhead. And it's kind of accompanied by a kind of shrug of the shoulders and a wave of the hand. Yeah. And it's yeah. like, oh, yeah, don't pay that too much attention. It's fine. But I don't feel like it's random. I feel like I notice a pattern with these supposed comedians that they, <laughs> always, they always pick out the person who's different.
1: Yes, that's the thing. Yeah, it's always the um, minority, isn't it? Yep. Even yep. if
0: it's a white minority. You know? Totally. If you are the shortest bloke there, they're going to start taking the mickey out of you. If you are a sister in a headscarf, if you, like, I know that I'm now more self-aware. I know that when I wear my afro out, picked out and I'm going out about my business I feel a layer of pride and joy but I also feel this other layer of hyper because I know yeah. it is a trigger for dickhead behavior it invites the dickhead because I'm really standing in my difference very powerfully and that really yeah. presses their buttons I was at that music festival last weekend and um it was so awesome. It was so good and really great community vibe on that day. Really diverse crowd. People had their kids there. It was beautiful. Um, And then at the end, they had a performance by Neil Morris and his group Dreaming Now. And he's a local young indigenous guy and he's incredible creative. And his band were amazing. Um, But they are unapologetically black right <laughs> awesome awesome he, he ain't coming on the stage to placate anybody, it. <laughs> and so people are pretty pissed at this point um but people are also loving it and they're great musicians and his beats are amazing um and they're receiving his message in the way that art can do, which is by breaking down people's barriers. Awesome. And everyone's vibing. And then I love to see that all of the women of colour especially stepped forward to really form up a crowd at the front. And I think we were really like holding <laughs> space for Neil. Yeah, yeah, the awesome. is, we were just like, yeah, you're going to enjoy this. And you're going to you're going to respect this and listen to him. <laughs> listen to this um, and it was really great. Great, and everyone's having a good time, and then dun dun dun. Oh, here we go! In comes old staggery legs, <laughs> a massive, massive white dude who's had a good few cans over the course of the day, and he staggers into the space like scatters the women asunder and scatters uh, staggers into the space right in front of the stage, and he's like doing his like flaily dancing like throwing his arms and his limbs around in a way that's really inconsiderate and I'm like I can see the performers clocking him and I can see the other people around clocking him and I could also sense the moment that we all decided we weren't effing moving yeah (laughs)
1: yes yeah and it was incredible they he, help themselves but try
0: to colonize spaces wherever so they go <laughs> he was he was just being a dickhead and i think at heart i actually later on when i was less angry um because he then started going from woman to woman and trying to grab our hands and make us dance with him. Ew. Um, And he was, he stank of booze and he was trying to be kind of enthusiastic. At one point he tried to grab Neil off the stage and like hug him. And everyone was so gracious because it was such a high posy vibe there. But everyone was also very much signaling to him, leave us alone um, and enjoy yourself without getting in people's faces. And it was such an interesting thing to observe because if I'm really honest, that was one of the first times I ever was courageous enough and was able to find a way to sort of passively resist a dickhead without without feeling scared or feeling yes. like I had to back down and I know it was because Neil was on stage and he was holding space and I know it was because there was yeah. other women of color around me and I felt yeah, supported right. I felt like he yeah. really crosses a line I'm yeah. not going to be on my own yeah but it was interesting to see the impact are not Giving him the sort of um, response he was used to had on him, he withered. He withered, Did Angelina. He? he withered like a plant that had not been watered for twenty years. And he, <laughs> he honestly, he looked, he looked like a little boy lost in the end. And Good. he kind of, and he kind of shuffled off to find his friends. But I was like, wow, he was actually so emotionally illiterate. That he, mm. and also so, um, so accustomed to, and so entitled that he felt he could just blunder into the space and get the kind of positive reinforcement that he needs in any way, shape, by any means necessary.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's phenomenal behaviour to watch,
0: isn't it? <laughs> it's phenomenal. It's. <laughs> We try so hard not to take up too much space. And actually that's something I, I love about you and Charles and your show is that you're, you take up space and we have a right to do that because, frankly, other people don't – like this guy didn't hesitate. He was like, there's yeah. fun happening over there. Stumble, stumble. Yeah.
1: Yeah, I'll just, <laughs> I'll just inject myself in somewhere where I'm <laughs> – it's not welcome and it doesn't matter because usually in my life <laughs> that's my privilege and, you know, I don't have to deal with ever try- having to be submissive or polite to anyone or trying to avoid violence or anything because exactly. I just can just exist without any of that. We have to think about that stuff 24-7.
0: Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. I am yet to see a everyday black person who is not experiencing some sort of distress for engaging in just casual dickhead behavior like that yeah we don't do it because our parents bring us up from a young age to know that there are consequences and risks if we step out of line
1: Yeah, major Australian so-called gatherings and and events and stuff that are just completely ignored. And we talk about them all the time. Schoolies Week on the Gold Coast, the Melbourne Cup, Australia Day, dickhead days. They're just (laughs) dickhead days and it, they want public sure. holidays attached to their dickhead days they can yeah. act outrageously drunk revolting one melbourne cup there was pictures in the newspaper of a girl humping humping a wheelie bin oh she's Whoa. just having fun oh my
0: god
1: wow. that's just having fun her dress is up around her neck and like can you imagine if that was a black woman can you imagine The racist, disgusting, vile garb that would come out of white people's mouths if they saw that as an Indigenous person (gasps) or a person of colour at Melbourne Cup. They they would not just
0: be having fun, that's for sure. Oh, you'd be in the back of a police man before you knew it. Oh, hello. You would probably be subject to a brave citizen doing (laughs) citizens' (laughs) arrest on you because you were scaring the children. Yes, because you know our misbehavior is considered a threat where yeah. uh, white people and white men, especially as misbehavior is considered considered joy de vivre they they to yes,
1: yes, and Chelsea and I talk about it all the time on the show that they're rewarded for it, promoted for it, given new jobs, their status goes through the roof. It's just ridiculous, so yeah
0: (laughs) it's so true and I think that that's the other side of this conversation like as much as you gotta laugh just to stay sane I also think that there is a emotional cost to always being the one who knows like as soon as that as soon as that guy started acting out I knew and the other women and especially the women of color knew that if this goes out of hand it's on us
1: That's right, and that's tiring. That's tiring. It's tiring. That's the other thing. You cannot just react. You have to actually sit there and yeah, deconstruct and consider the moment and the conversation, the experience in your mind as a coloured person before you even react to it. Some people don't, but like (laughs) you know, sometimes I just I try so I don't engage. Any, well, I never really used to it, it, it depends how mad and angry it makes me, but i don 't engage because you can see you know if I do this and what if I said that, you know what the outcome's going to be you know so i 'd rather mm-hmm. I'd, you know, rather personal safety and move myself out of spaces of violence i don 't particularly like <laughs> that you know i don 't want to put myself in that position I just think dickhead and walk away you can 't just exist you can 't just
0: you know not have to consider that stuff. We literally have to scatter, don't we? Yeah, yeah. It is a way of kind of colonizing space. I love that phrase that you used. They colonize space with their dickhead behavior. And that's what makes it especially difficult when the dickhead is actually being brought into your orbit by the fact that they are a partner of a friend or mm-hmm. you know, you're at a social event where you're kind of trapped. Yeah. Yes. Or at work.
1: Oh my God. You know, work is so difficult for people. Where can you run to? Where can you go? You know? You have to constantly oh, you know, dilute your language and the way you speak to accommodate people in case they just get personally offended by something, let alone, you know. <laughs> you know, you're the one that's always brought into question about your behaviour.
0: And then There's the one guy in the office who's always the office comedian and he's allowed to get away with anything. I know. Unbelievable. (laughs) I was like, oh, my God, you're bringing up
1: so many (laughs) past memories. (laughs) Don't you just love institutional racism? It's so great. But this guy, Mm -hmm. mostly predominantly white government organisation, obviously, probably had three black people working in there at the time, four. I was one of them. But when I started, um, you can see the the joy of the, oh, my God, there's another person of colour in this building or in this office. Great when I started. And so this guy had to ruin that moment for us to meeting each other on the first day. And he came up and said, oh, so um, you're Aboriginal too? And I said, yeah. He goes, oh, well, you must have lots of kids.
0: Oh, my goodness.
1: That's the very first thing you said to me.
0: Wow. Wow. And then
1: I have to work closely with that dickhead behaviour <laughs> wow. for the rest of the time. I was, I was like, oh, my God, it started. I haven't even opened my mouth on the first day and it started already. So
0: that sounds like an absolute nightmare because you're in your mind you're fast-forwarding to all of the interactions you're going to have to grit your teeth through with that guy now in your new job. Yes. Yeah. And was that a taste of things to come? <laughs> oh
1: yes <laughs> oh, yeah yeah he, yeah. like you said the um, office comedian yeah he was the office dickhead for sure
0: and everyone and, kind you know, of rolls their eyes don't they
1: yeah you know just let men behave like that it's okay just brush it off you know why should we have to
0: and I reckon you hit on something really important too when you said he had to ruin the moment for you. I feel yes. like they are drawn to other people enjoying themselves. Yeah. <laughs> From the, the number
1: of times we have get um, told as a black person laughing, no, you're not allowed to laugh or you're being loud like ruin your moment you're enjoying yourself at work you're happy you're not supposed to be because my perception of is that you that you're less than me and i'm used to black people being less than me so why are you happy because you're supposed to be submissive and miserable and let me have my power trip over you so i'm going to ruin that and and people think you're exaggerating this stuff happens every day to
0: people on the daily, do you know, I've got a I've got to, am going to let you in on a secret from my, my uh, group chat with the ladies, which is that I have just because, you know, something I love about us is our way of making lemonade out of these sour ass lemons. Mm-hmm. Um, and I have started a, I have an app and it's supposed to be for people who are quitting smoking. Uh-huh. Um, and it's like a countdown app of the days since something happened. And it's I now use it oh, right. as an app to measure the last time since somebody, like a, like a white person, checked me or policed me. And so <laughs> when it happens now, I literally hit up the group chat and I'm like, I was on a good run. I was on seven days, guys. Back to ground zero. <laughs>
1: <laughs> the relapse has happened. Oh my god!
0: I literally, and it's just a little private joke I have with myself. And I open it up, and I'm like, "Ooh, we're on a record here." <laughs> and I'm
1: like, oh, "I had a friend in uni once who, you know, I just used to tell these stories, not for any, just you know, yarning, just telling stories." And she used to listen to me. It's an friend, and she goes, "You tell so many of those stories that you know." Just how can that stuff just happen to you on the way to work, Angelina? I think you're exaggerating. You're being too sensitive. You'll make stuff up. And I said, okay, all right. You follow me around near me really closely for one day, just one day, and see how people interact with me. Don't stand with me. Don't talk to me. Just stand around in the vicinity and look at people's expressions, look at their faces, listen to what they say to me, look at their body language. And by the end of the day, she was abusing people on my behalf. And crying going how dare you treat my friend like that and it was really minor stuff that I would actually um you know just dismiss as dickhead behavior I was oh god that again it happens all the time you know someone pushed in front of me in line and I'm always like (gasps) like I'm not even standing there like I'm invisible and stuff and
0: physical space physical yeah as a person of color People encroaching on your physical personal space, people getting on the train with you and trying to stand on you, people pushing in front of you in every line, people who are serving behind the counter in a shop who will start speaking to the person behind you before they've even handed you your change. Physical space is somewhere we are so microaggressed against and we're subject to such dickhead behavior Mm. yeah so interesting yeah yeah
1: she actually saw it firsthand and she was like oh my god you're not exaggerating does this happen all the time and I'm like I told you I said you know and she goes and how do you put up with it I said well you have to laugh at it like we do all the time you have to otherwise you'd make yourself go crazy
0: I think it's oh. part of the reason why we are so hilarious.
1: Yeah, absolutely. It, it's,
0: it's wry. It's like our wit being engaged to survive the constant onslaught of nonsense.
1: Yes. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. <laughs> and, even, <laughs> and even that, there's sort of been a turn of, you know, when we're starting to laugh at that because we've been doing it all the time, but now they're, they're trying to even take that away, claiming reverse racism you know, and all this crap. And I'm, no, you're just a dickhead and everyone's allowed to laugh at you.
0: Yes, because the dickhead is in essence a very vulnerable person really when you strip it away.
1: Well, that's it. That's when you have to choose whether it's worth your time to engage or not because I just look at them now and go, okay, person with some sort of issue that's insecurity, problem in the complex in there somewhere you know identity problem whatever it is but you know I'm not going to engage in that because that's not my issue it's theirs.
0: Have you ever had a really sweet moment where you found a really neat way of just shaking a dickhead off without them taking up too much of your time because for me what happens is I get into this trap where I'm like either I put up with this and I feel like I've let myself down Mm. or I push back, and it's going to ruin my day. However, it goes. Have you ever, have you ever had a moment where you've just nailed it in your response and walked away feeling great? Um. Oh,
1: I can't. It's either been one or the other, really. You know, right. I can't really think. Yeah, it's just the way it is. I think I just have felt satisfied when when I haven't engaged. You know. And just walked away from it, you know. And sarcasm helps. And- sarcasm <laughs> helps.
0: <laughs> you, know? <laughs> you know, yeah, yeah. Thanks again to my amazing guests. And thank you for listening. So you've heard what the aunties have to say. What do you think? HeyAuntiePod at gmail.com, Facebook or Instagram. That's auntie, A-U-N-T-Y. Don't forget to like and subscribe and join us in a week for the next show.